Hello and welcome back to History Obscura. Something that has always fascinated me is historical medicine. Not only its practice, but the process of achieving a contemporary medical education, too. These days, it's seemingly impossible to sign up for a good old-fashioned corpse anatomy study unless you're part of a formal medical university program. Of course, you probably recall that in the days of Burke and Hare, medical corpses were valuable enough to murder for. Legally controversial and completely reprehensible according to many religious leaders, the medical study of dead, naked human beings was so extremely frowned upon in Europe between the classical era and the Renaissance that medical practitioners had to learn their craft not only from the outside of the body only, but through clothing as well. Subsequent myriad medical misunderstandings ensued, many unfortunately focused on women. I mean, that's what happens when you make medical proclamations based on the things you find in your own pants instead of what's in the pants of your patients. So, once upon a time in medieval Europe, considerable advances in the field of science were only achieved starting in the 12th century and early 13th century, with the setting up of universities in Paris, Bologna, Oxford, Montpellier, and Padua. From the 12th century onwards, the church did not forbid human dissection in general, However, certain edicts were directed at specific practices. One of the significant prescriptions that Pope Alexander III enunciated at the Council of Tours in 1163 was the prohibition of clerics to involve themselves in the studies of physical nature, and the canon was named as Ecclesia Abhorrit a Sanguin, meaning the Church abhors blood. This was misinterpreted as a ban, which prevented clerics from practicing surgery or studying anatomy. The Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II took significant measures towards the progress of science, which reflected his free-thinking outlook. It was in 1231 that he issued a decree which mandated that a human body should be dissected at least once in every five years for anatomical studies and attendance was made compulsory for everyone who was to practice medicine or surgery. This initiative step was a huge leap towards the revival of human dissection, which had most recently been done in classical Greece. The domain of anatomical sciences and towards the latter part of the 13th century, the realization that human anatomy could only be taught by the dissection of human body resulted in its legislation in several European countries between 1283 and 1365. The newfound enthusiasm in human dissection ceased for a short period from about 1299 when Pope Boniface VIII issued a papal bull entitled De Sepulturis, which forbade manipulation of corpses and their reduction to bones. 
the bull was aimed to stop the dismemberment of the cadavers and prohibit the trade that had developed involving bones from soldiers killed in holy wars. It was not meant to impede human dissection altogether, and although it stopped the practice of dissection in some of the European countries, it did not have any significant impact on the anatomical studies in Italy. By the end of the 13th century, the University of Bologna emerged as the most popular institution in Europe for learning medicine, attracting students from the whole of Italy and many other countries. The status of Bologna was further bolstered when it was granted a bull by Pope Nicholas II in 1292, whereby all students having graduated in medicine from the university were permitted to teach all over the world. All these events ultimately culminated in the first officially sanctioned systemic human dissection since Herophilus in Erastus, being performed in full public display by Mondigo di Luizzi in 1315 in Bologna. The dissection was performed on an executed, probably female criminal, and marked its return in the educational setting to study and teach anatomy. The fact that an Italian university was the platform for the revival of human dissection after a prolonged hiatus in Europe could be attributed to the efforts of Emperor Frederick II and Pope Nicholas II. Although there is a possibility that human dissections may have been performed prior to De Luizzi, most authors suggest that these cases actually involved autopsies and postmortems, and the first such recorded case in Italy of a human body being opened to investigate the cause of death dates back to 1286. From De Luizzi's time, human dissections were conducted in the form of regular university-sponsored anatomy teaching sessions comprising of four-day exhibitions held once or twice a year, and were performed on bodies of executed criminals, both male and female. These were provided to the medical school of Bologna by the local public authorities. These public dissections were strictly standardized as they required the presence of the lector, who read from an authoritative text. Usually the lector was Duluizzi himself, the ostensor who pointed to the part of the body to be dissected, and the sector, that is, the surgeon, who performed the dissection. The whole exercise blindly followed the written text without any attempt to look into the real anatomy visible in the human cadaver, which could be due to the fact that the anatomist, that is, the lector, did not have a close view of the dissected body. However, during this period, unofficial dissections were also carried out in private houses, which involved informal anatomy teaching between a lecturer and his small group of students. Procurement of cadavers for such private dissections was really difficult and may have led to some malpractice, as in 1319, four students of Master Alberto, who was a lecturer at the University of Bologna, were prosecuted for robbing a grave and bringing the corpse to the house where Alberto lectured. Over the course of the 14th century, human cadaveric dissection became increasingly common, spreading rapidly to other northern Italian cities. 
During the middle of the 14th century, the universities of Perugia, Padua, and Florence made it mandatory to attend at least one dissection for candidates to receive their doctorate degree in medicine. Such measures were also adopted by medical schools across Italy. This led to a shortage of cadavers available for public dissection by the onset of the 15th century, as executions were few in number in Italian cities. Consequently, the students attending the dissection in medical schools were required to pay for and also attend the subsequent funeral of the corpse after dissection to encourage local families to offer their dead for anatomical study. Nevertheless, the problem of supply did not appear critical, as dissection as a medium of teaching and learning anatomy did not become overwhelmingly popular during the 15th century. In those days, dissections functioned like an extension of anatomical illustration, and its goal was not to add to the existing body of knowledge concerning human anatomy, but to help students and physicians remember the text in which the knowledge was enclosed. However, the situation changed dramatically towards the end of the 15th century, with a remarkable flowering of interest in anatomical studies, in particular human dissection. The reasons for this newfound enthusiasm were the revival of antique art in Renaissance Italy, with its interest in naturalism, rise of humanist faith and classical scholarship, leading to the rediscovery of Galen's anatomical treatise, and a consequent rise of interest among physicians and scholars in Galen's work, an increased availability of printed and illustrated works of anatomy, which enthused among general people an interest in medicine and the secrets of the natural world. The great Florentine painter Antonio Polinolo actually dissected many human bodies in order to investigate the muscles and understand the human body in a modern way. Later, Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo Buonarroti, and Bacchio Bandinelli were known to have undertaken detailed anatomical dissections at various points in their careers to set new standards in their portrayals of the human figure. Some artists also produced ecorches, that is, studies of the peeled-away or ripped-apart forms of muscles, to explore their potential for purely artistic expression. The first permanent anatomical theater designed for public anatomical dissections was built by Fabricus ab Aguapendente in 1594 in the University of Padua. This was followed by the anatomical theater of the University of Bologna, built in 1595 and reconstructed in 1636. The trend spread in other European countries, and anatomical theaters were built in the University of Leiden and the University of Paris, soon afterwards. For purposes of artistic and medical education, cadavers were even more in demand and therefore less available during the 16th century. Grave robbing became increasingly common. The extent of the problem can be gauged by reports of students attempting to remove corpses awaiting burial or assaulting funeral processions. Even the great anatomist Andreas Vesulius, in his anatomical treatise De Humani Corporis Fabrica, 
candidly admitted to have resorted to such malpractice in order to ensure an adequate supply of cadavers for the purpose of dissection. In one instance, his Paduan students stole a female corpse from her tomb and flayed the whole skin from the cadaver lest it be recognized by her relatives during public dissection. Such unethical anatomical practices led to unsavory stories being gradually collected around the names of famous anatomists with regards to serious criminal offenses like vivisection. Vesalius was accused to have performed dissection on a Spanish aristocrat when the heart was still beating. Gabriel Fallopio faced an allegation that he had vivisected Spanish twin brothers with syphilis. Although there is no strong evidence to support these particular allegations, nonetheless these were not completely preposterous either and actually reflected the dangerous and unseemly haste with which 16th century anatomists approached fresh cadavers for dissection. Whether or not the hunger for cadavers among 16th century anatomists actually put the living at risk, it certainly exposed the unprecedented links between anatomists and administrators of criminal justice, as they began to influence the time and mode of execution of criminals to suit their requirement of dissection. By the middle of the 16th century, there were clear signs of persistent public concern regarding the anatomical practices in Italy. Initially, their reservations were based on traditional issues like funerary ritual and family honor, but eventually emerged as a fear of being buried alive and coming under the anatomist's knife. However, such concerns in the public domain coexisted with the well-documented, popular enthusiasm for the great show and spectacle of human cadaver dissection. Of course, cadaveric dissection was a messy business, requiring great physical strength and ability to withstand the smell of corpses as they decomposed. Due to natural decomposition, a cadaver was suitable for dissection in the first three to four days following death, as after this the stench became too much for the dissector to bear. In warm or moist weather, the cadaver decomposed even faster. And this is the reason that many medical schools preferred to dissect in winter. From 1537, after Pope Clement VII accepted human dissection for anatomical studies, popularity of dissection started to spread beyond the boundaries of the universities among the general population, leading to public dissection sessions being attended by huge crowds and subsequent establishment of anatomical theaters. According to the National Institutes of Health, today's dissections, taking place in medical schools of course, use bodies that were either unclaimed by any family or friends, or through legislated donor programs. Public dissection, human that is, has fallen vastly out of fashion, however in 2021 there was an exception. It was in October of that year, a company called Death Science held a live, for-profit, pay-per-view event advertised as a forensic autopsy at a Portland, Oregon convention 
dubbed the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. The body being dissected in a hotel ballroom there had been, in life, a 98-year-old man. The senior in question had traveled from a Baton Rouge funeral home to a Las Vegas cadaver broker and was then sold to the show's performers. Top tickets sold for 500 American dollars. What do you think? Will I see you at the next one? <laughs>